Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1840. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Houston, Texas, where I hear it's a little humid and rainy with a very special guest by the name of Jenna Jong. And Jenna, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I'm 100% ready. Let's go. All right. We'll have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into what you're doing, which is very cool, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Jenna? So, Mark, uh, I have a question for you. Do you want the vanilla version or you want the spicy version? Well, let's go spicy. What the hell? <laughs> All right. So, uh, when I was 14, I took my mom's car out for a dry ride and crashed into a bank. Uh, into and that was a my bank? <laughs> yeah, that was my first driving experience. Oh, that's spicy. But, yeah. But I have never gotten into an accident since I got my driver's permit at 16. Well, so, I've been a great driver after that. You learned your lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's a good way to learn your lesson. But a bank. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's interesting. Oh, well, at least you weren't trying to rob the bank. That's uh, that would be a whole nother thing. But well, that's pretty cool. Uh, now, I've got to ask, how did your parents react to that? Oh, so after I crashed, I panicked and I went to my friend's place. Um, so I knew a couple of guys who were super into JDM cars at the time. And we basically stayed up all night trying to figure out how to fix the bumper. Luckily, it just the bumper cracked and it was hanging on a thread on the right side. So it wasn't that bad of a fix and we kind of just duct taped it up on the inside and then we went to Walmart, grabbed some silly putty <laughs> and then we molded it back into the shape and spray painted it. And uh, my mom didn't notice for three months, so that was good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little story. I was backing my parents, this is before I had a driver's license, my parents' Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser out of the garage. We lived in a house where there was these big eucalyptus trees in the driveway, and you had to kind of be careful. And I scraped the side of the car. And those cars back in the 70s had fake wood siding. Oh, one of those. Right? So I scraped yeah. the fake wood siding and I freaked out. Now, it wasn't really as bad as crashing into a bank and joyriding because I wasn't joyriding. <laughs> I was told I could back the car out. But at any rate, I panicked. So I didn't say anything. I should have, but I didn't. So that night when my parents were asleep, I went out in the garage and I used to build model cars. And I took all my tester's paint out there and I sat there in the middle of the night and hand painted that wood back in place, mixing the colors. My parents never knew. So... <laughs> That's a great story. There you go. The things we do to try to get out of trouble. So there's my spicy story for sure. <laughs> Let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into what you're doing, which is to do a bit with crashed vehicles, which is kind of cool. So Jenna Jong is the founder and creative director of Olympus Watch Company, a luxury Swiss brand that upcycles salvage supercars into one-of-a-kind timepieces. Very fascinating. Her design philosophy is inspired by her time living abroad in London and Milan. She graduated magna cum laude. We got a Sharpie on our hands here today with a BFA from Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City in 2015. After leaving school, she returned to Houston to be close to her family and start her watch line. Her previous work has been featured in Vogue, Refinery29, Cotton, and Alibaba. 
as well as working on the business, she's also pursuing an MBA at Rice University, a go-getter. She loves refined design with an impeccable attention to detail. And her favorite car? An Aston Martin 177. She's got expensive taste, too. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Jenna, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a little love, give them a little listen. Hang on, we'll be right back. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors, including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt limited edition velour mats, and the Ultimat for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your Covercraft dash mat is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving a hazard. Covercraft's dash mat design center is located in Arizona, where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance, designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Jenna, we are back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner and have a little fun. Now, this is a very fascinating business. You're a young woman. You're out of school. You're studying to get your MBA, uh, to earn your MBA, I should say. And you decided, oh, I think I'll start a business as well in a very challenging competitive area of business. And that's watches, especially high-end watches. So tell us about how this whole thing came together and then how the combination of watches and crashed cars, nice supercars comes together. Absolutely. And Olympus Watch Co. really ties together my entire life philosophy with my design philosophy. And that is rebuilding from something that might not appear to be perfect and turning it into something that is very emotionally uh, valuable and has a lot of sentimental value as well. And this ties... I'm sorry. <laughs> we've got a we've got a dog in the house. <laughs> That's okay. Go All right, ahead. Let's, let's let's wait a couple of minutes and redo that. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I was just on the phone with uh, 
Uh, American Collectors Insurance, they're a sponsor of mine. And uh, I just renewed my policy with them. And the person I was talking to must have been at home because all of a sudden their dog went completely ape crazy. (laughs) So uh, it's just part of the world today, which is fine. You know, it's kind of cool. So continue with your story. I come from a family of immigrants. And when we first got here, we um, had nothing. And we had the typical immigrant story. You know, my dad came here with just the clothes on his back wow. and a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars to his name. And um, we had to make do with things that are not not so great. But he had the spirit. Um, I think it runs from generation to generation. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. But we made the most out of everything. And he made sure that we did not feel like we were underprivileged or living impoverished lives. And I really embraced that vision of seeing the beauty in things that might not be the most beautiful or things that might not have the most function and giving them a new life and creating something out of essentially nothing. And that's what I wanted to do with Olympus Watch Co. Because when you see these supercar parts that are damaged or salvaged, a lot of these things cannot be used anymore. What are you going to use a bent hood for? Right. So you take that. But there's a lot of passion that went into that hood. Someone behind that bent hood, some at some point in time, someone had the vision, someone had the passion, someone stayed up for, you know, weeks on end designing the car, picking the color of the paint, polishing it. There's a lot of passion that went into it. And as an artist, I'm sure you would understand that process. And I don't want that to be lost. And this is a piece of history that we're talking about, especially in the day and age where um, electric cars are taking over. And these machines are going to become a thing of the past in the future, obviously. So, oh, don't say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't so. And that's why I'm trying my best to preserve their stories. And, you know, these are watches that are handmade in Switzerland. So they're going to last a long time. And so eventually, you know, these are going to be pieces that you hand off to your grandkids and um, talk about the story behind the car. And I think that's the vision that I have for this company. I think it's absolutely wonderful. And you think of the mechanical nature of automobiles and watches. And, And a lot of people who are car collectors or automotive enthusiasts, love watches. They collect watches. It's a big part of it. And even in, in the case of some cases like guns, handguns, or my next door neighbor is real into English shotguns, which are these beautiful handmade works of art, the wood and the metal and the carvings and everything. Us car fanatics, us enthusiasts love that kind of thing. So let's take from a next step, because I'm trying to envision here what you're doing. If you take a piece of a crashed car how do you make that into a watch? Like, are are the pieces of the car incorporated into the face of the watch, or do you melt the pieces of the car? Or how are you doing this? Yeah, so we take great care to preserve the original structure of the car as much as possible. So we just strip the paint down, and we make sure that the pattern on top, the hand, so we, we strip the paint down by hand, And there's a beautiful hand-carved pattern on top Mm -hmm. that um, makes each watch very unique to its own. And then we flatten the part out, and then we punch the holes, and then we incorporate them into the case back. So they're vacuum-sealed between a piece of sapphire crystal and the surgical stainless steel case back. And they're Mm -hmm. preserved essentially forever. Um, That thing's not going anywhere. And then we put them into the case back. So if I were to buy an Olympus watch and I'm into 
I'm into Porsches. My listeners know that. I'm a Porsche guy. I like anything that rolls on rubber, but I love Porsches. So can I come to you and say, okay, I want to watch that a a dead Porsche is part of and bring that back to life in a watch. Is that how it works? Or do you make some watches and then people can pick from them or they bespoke or how does the whole process work? So that's a great question. Actually, beyond this first collection that we're doing, we are working on uh, creating one-off watches for people who own supercars and have their own parts that they want to turn into a watch oh. that they design. So we work with them to create a watch of their design Okay. and we can inscribe their names on it. We can make it very personal. And I think this will appeal a lot to people with cars that have a lot of sentimental value. Like maybe it's their grandfather's car and they want to keep it, but it doesn't run anymore and they have nothing to do, you know, they can't do anything with it. And so, um, we actually have a couple of people lined up who are willing to get a watch uh, after the Kickstarter launch, which we're doing. Oh, very cool. So you mentioned Kickstarter. So this is a really cool thing. I just had a guest on recently that's doing that for his business, raising money for his business. So explain to our listeners how the Kickstarter, for those who maybe aren't as uh, aware of how that works, how that works for a company like yours. Sure. So our Kickstarter is launching on July 15th. Cool. And it will last between July 15th and August 15th. So between those days, you'll be able to get up to a 55% discount off MSRP price. Whoa. So the price that you will get, normally they're worth $1,000. And if you look at the watch, I mean, I did a survey and most people thought the watch was over $1,000, but the MSRP is $1,000. We're going to keep it low for the launch for this collection, Uh but you can get it for $450 if you go on Kickstarter on July 15th. Very cool. Very cool. Well, this is a very bold undertaking for someone who's just starting. Have you been in the watch business before? Is this something brand new for you? I have. I actually worked in the watch business. I did a lot of production management before I met up with my current, I would say, business partner. So Mm -hmm. my business partner is over in Switzerland, and um, he is... I think he's in his seventies. I'm not. I'm not too sure. He's been how making. Old exactly he's been he making watches for a while. <laughs> oh, he's been in the industry. He's been. Uh, he works for VDO AG, which um, he's, he's also worked for JLC. I don't want to pronounce the name in full. I'm going to butcher the crap out of it. I know it. big brands. Yeah, big major brands. Yeah, major yeah. brands. Yeah. And his production line is uh, recognized by the Swiss Federation, which means that you know we are on the same caliber production-wise as Rolex and Patek and all of these big brands. So to the extent of watchmaking, I got to hand it off to my partner. He's doing great over there. He's killing it. Yeah. And um, I'm doing the design work and he's doing the production work. Well, this is very exciting. I mean, very, very cool. And the tie-in with the cars, I find really fascinating and love of design. This is great. And the price point, very realistic. When you think about very fine Swiss-made watches, they can get very, very expensive, especially if you get into the brands you just mentioned and collectibles of those brands as well. But those are just, they're all made for someone else. These are can be bespoke and are car-related, which ties it into what our listeners here at Cars yeah are all about. 
You know, you mentioned at the beginning your parents, that being immigrants, coming here um, with very little money and creating a life for you. Obviously, now you've got a wonderful life and no doubt they worked their tails off to allow you to be able to get to where you are. You've worked your tail off too, no doubt. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. It's really kind of the American dream of immigrants coming to this country, been doing it forever. I've had plenty of people here who are first gen uh, immigrants to the U.S. that have created business. So my hat's off to you. Um, uh, it just takes a lot of hard work and a lot of discipline and a lot of sacrifice, uh, no matter where you come from. And even if you were born here, maybe into a family, didn't have a lot of assets or money, you can do it. You just have to work really hard. There's lots of opportunity here. Absolutely. What's a driving inspiration for you? Or I should say, who is a driving inspiration for you that helped push you, maybe a key mentor to, to be the person you are today? Obviously, a go-getter, somebody who wants to start their business at a young age, taking this big chance. It's tremendous. So uh, who's been very influential in your life? Oh, my God. I have so many people. <laughs> I know Let it's hard. Just, You're like yeah. on the one at the uh, the Oscars going, I want to thank so many people. <laughs> Maybe we just talk about one or two. We yeah. the, the rest will know that they've helped. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start off by saying very shortly that, you know, my team inspires me every day. And one of the key members on my team is my mentor. His name is Javier. He is also very big into cars. He drives a F430 Scuderia. Ooh. He also has a Murcielago and uh, an NSX. And I think he has another one. Um, but he's, uh, he's a huge car enthusiast. And yeah, he's no been helping me, <laughs> helping me, you know, with the last couple of months, he's just been my rock. And I come to him and whenever I have, you know, anything that's bothering me or, I would talk to him about the problems I have with entrepreneurship and he is an entrepreneur. So he gives me that little boot in the rear um, when, when times are really rough. Sure. Um, another person that really inspires me is my great grandmother. A lot of people don't really talk about their great grandparents, but I have the utmost respect for her. And so I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I'm an immigrant from China and so my great-grandparents uh, lived in the era of communist China. And this was during the time of the communist takeover. Um, my great-grandfather was a very successful businessman. And we don't know too much about him. But from what I do know about him, he owned a couple of steel factories. Mm -hmm. And during the takeover, the Red Guards came and they destroyed everything. They yeah. took everything from my family and they banished him to Siberia, and we never heard from him again. So Whoa. we can only assume that he perished along the way there. Oh. And so my great-grandmother, she was this very small, frail woman, and she had bound feet. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with bound feet. I know feet, what you're talking about. It's a very odd ritualistic type thing yes, that they do yes. and did, did. I don't think they still do it, do they? They, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I hope she not. Had little three, four inch long feet. Yeah, so she was, their feet are, are literally bound in cloth so they can't get bigger or grow to be yeah. a certain. Yeah. Oh, it sounds exactly, terrible. Yeah. And she couldn't walk. So she was bed bound practically oh. her entire life. And so she was left on her own to raise seven children during a time when schools were abolished. So all these kids are just running around being hooligans, yeah. but she did not care what anyone else said. She said, I'm going to take charge and I'm going to raise these children on my own. Mm -hmm. And she put her foot down. No pun oh, intended. Yeah, thanks. And she, <laughs> Her little foot. <laughs> her little feet down. Yeah. And she raised some very 
very respectable children. And my grandmother actually grew up to be a doctor uh, during that time. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And she, you know, really instilled in my family, the um, spirit of perseverance, the spirit of rebuilding from absolutely nothing and just believing in yourself and having hope for a better future and investing in future generations. And these are things that still I hold very dear to my heart to this day. And uh, they inspire me to you know, wake up and work on this company and hopefully inspire some other people with this watch brand. Wow. I've got tingles uh, just hearing <laughs> that story because, I mean, you know, I've, this will go off the rails a little bit. When you think it's sad when you talk to some, and even older people, but young people that don't know their history, to go back and study what happened in China with the Red Guard, it was horrific. It was. I mean, absolutely horrific. And just your story about your grandfather, you know, being, imagine being successful in business and the government just says, we don't think so. We're going to take your steel mills and we're going to get rid of you because you're a threat. Mm -hmm. We're going to send you to Siberia, which most likely he perished there. And uh, so what? We're going to take over. And Mm -hmm. so many people were literally murdered uh, during that time. And the fact that your grandmother was so strong to do the right thing and not just let the family fall apart. She became the patriarch and the matriarch and uh, raised your parents and look what they did now and the sacrifices they did. Uh, these are these are stories that more young people today in this country, any country, but this country need to know about. Yes, absolutely. There's so much stuff flowing around out there that is so irrelevant to the facts of history. And if yes. you just study history, anyway, I told you I'd get off the rails and I could talk for hours about absolutely. that. Absolutely. No, I, I would love to talk. Yeah, I, I, think I, it's, I think it's just awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that story. So important for people to realize these things happened and yes. they can happen again if you are not careful. <laughs> so yes. pay attention. History will repeat itself if you ignore it, most definitely. So pay attention. We're going to take a short break, catch our breath, and we come back. uh, We're going to talk about, we just talked about a big challenge, but maybe a challenge for you personally. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on, and uh, we'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles 
cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. All right, Jenna, so we are back. I always like to ask my guests about a big challenge, big obstacle, maybe even a big failure, something that really got in your way that you really had to overcome. And it's really more about the lesson it taught you so that you can move forward in a positive way. So take us on a little bit of a bumpy ride. Yeah, so one of the greatest challenges that I've faced up until now with entrepreneurship, and I still face sometimes um, even today, is convincing myself that I'm enough. I think a lot of people can resonate with that, especially from someone who chooses an unconventional path of entrepreneurship as opposed to doing a traditional nine to five. And this is something that I have to constantly convince my family and my friends who are working in corporate that constantly tell me, hey, maybe I should quit while, what I'm doing while there's still time. You know, you're, you're not 30 yet. You can still while recover. There's still and you time. Go into corporate. <laughs> <While> <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing time. at that. But that's when you get to my point in life, that is so young. You have so much time in front of you, so much road <laughs> in front of you. But anyway, you go on. Well, I certainly hope so. Of but, course you um, do. You do. I am a very um, hard-headed person. So good for you. I, you sound like your grandmother. Great grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I take after my great grandmother, that's for sure. I choose the path of entrepreneurship because it gives me a sense of purpose. And so I recently figured out a way to overcome it. I'm still working on it. So I've surrounded myself with a very strong support system. Like for example, Javier, my mentor, who is also a successful entrepreneur. And I just want to give a word out to all the listeners that entrepreneurship is a lonely path. So if you pick it, be sure that you're ready for what you're (laughs) in for. Oh, boy. Um, And it's very important during this journey to protect your sanity, even if it means that sometimes you might have to distance yourself from certain people for a little while. Doesn't mean you're cutting off relationships, just means that you are protecting your mental health. And it's I think it's a lot more important than um seeking advice from people who might not have the experience. You know, it's a tremendously powerful uh, golden nugget value bomb you just dropped on us there. It, yeah, being a, a entrepreneur can be super lonely. And lots of times people don't understand it. And the fact that you work way more any, more hours than anybody. Uh, yeah, I've been there, done that my whole life. And uh, <laughs> sometimes people just don't get it, especially people that work the nine to five. And you know, they say, hey, come over and do this thing with us after work. Uh, I can't. I'm working. What do you mean? You're always working. Why are you always working? And then you start to question, well, should I be doing this? And then you got to, when you have family, you've got to find time for that family. You cannot ignore them because you destroy that. It's that balance, ebb and flow. Jim Rohn, a motivational speaker, had a great quote that we are the com- the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And you just said, surround yourself with the right people. Not only people that can support you, but maybe even people that can balance you out a little bit so that you do have time away. Because that time away as an entrepreneur is very valuable, too, because your mind is still working on things. Right. Absolutely. But you need to give yourself a break once in a while. And I know if you're like me, which I believe you are, Jenna, I was talking to somebody last week about this. Oh, three-day weekend. What are you doing the three-day weekend? I'm like, oh, there is? 
I just look at it as three extra days I can get ahead of my competition, you know. And I don't what, even know what day of the week it is half the time. <laughs> I don't either. I have to look at the calendar every day. But it's it's a really important thing, and you dropped some really valuable lessons for us there. But, yeah, surround yourself with strong people. Have a good support system. Stay away from the people that are not supportive to you. They're not good for you. They'll just make you doubt yourself. Uh, they can break you. So stay away from those folks. Surround yourself with people that are going to be like Jenna's great-grandmother, going to say, you go, girl. That's and right. work really hard. So when you look ahead at, I asked questions, uh, a question of my guests about a bucket list. I don't want to go too far ahead because it's really hard to project out, but let's just project out maybe three years. You're successful with your Kickstarter. Things start flowing. Where do you see your watches? How do you see your business looking like in about a three-year time period? Oh, I want to see my watches being sold around the world. I mean, that's, I, I think that's a pretty big dream. <laughs> I, I want, I want people to, you know, have these watches, not only for the pride of ownership, because I, I know a lot of car owners own their cars because they like them, but also these watches, I want them to serve as a medallion of motivation for you know, maybe younger guys who haven't made it all the way there yet, but they can use these watches as motivation to work towards the real thing. And um, at the same time, it does serve a purpose. It makes you look great during job interviews. You know, it's it's not entirely useless. And it tells the time. And it tells the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Another thing, a little bit uh, of a fun bucket list item. Um, I want to, in the next three to five years, uh, make a drive all the way from Texas to Alaska to see the Northern Lights. Whoa. I think, a, I think that'll be a really great bucket list item. I think it would be. That's a great thing. Get out on the <laughs> road and talk. And now that the world's opening up a bit, we can get out and do those things and have some fun. And uh, that's definitely a beautiful drive. I think that's a great idea. Which leads us into the next question, and that is special vehicles. Now, in your intro, I mentioned a certain Aston Martin, a very fancy Aston Martin that's a bucket list <laughs> car for you. But let's talk about, have you had a car in your life that you've owned that's very special for you? Yes, absolutely. So the first car that comes to mind is the first car that my father got when mm -hmm. he came here, when we first immigrated here. And that was a 1991 Ford Probe. It was a piece of junk, but it was it was my favorite piece of junk. It took <laughs> us from one place to another, and we made so many beautiful memories in it. Um, we had it until it broke down and it couldn't drive anymore, and I was so sad to see it go. <laughs> but it was definitely my favorite car. Now, if you far. if you'd only known then to save a piece. Yeah, exactly. You right? could have made a watch out of that. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, every car I've ever sold, I keep a part of that car, literally a part of the car. Um, it's usually like a name tag or something like that on the back because I always take all the name plaques off my cars. I like looking really clean, the model number and all that. I just strip them off. But I always keep a piece of the car. Some cars, I, I have a steering wheel from a car that I used to have, a race car, um, okay. a shift knob, nameplate. Yeah. Uh, something that I've kept. It's kind of just a, a memory or so. Maybe I should have you make a watch out of one of those for me someday. I would love to. That would be kind of cool. But the Ford Probe, well, you think about this again, immigrating from China, which not really an open country. I mean, it must have been incredible for your parents to get a car and then go, we can literally drive anywhere and oh, nobody yeah. will question us. Nobody will stop us. We can just do anything we want. That yeah. must have been an insane. I mean, we take it for granted here. So much so. 
But if you've ever traveled in foreign countries, especially restrictive foreign countries, uh, you get a sense of what? That's what you mean? I can't go there? What do you mean I can't go there? Absolutely. And, you know, I have some very distinct memories because I, I left China when I was about four years old. But I still remember a lot of the day to day stuff that happened when I was there. And I remember that you couldn't get food. It was rationed to you. So every wow. once or twice a week, we would get a little tiny baggie of milk. And it wasn't even real milk. It was milk powder mixed with water in oh. a little plastic baggie like a Ziploc baggie, and the milkman would come and deliver all of, uh, to everybody. Um, we didn't own a house. We lived in a government-issued house, and we got food stamps. Um, all of that stuff is very, very alien to the people who live here in the U.S., oh, but yeah. it's actually, it was, it was normal life for us back then. Wow. Uh, oh. You didn't really have ownership over anything. And even to this day, you don't own the house. The government owns the house. So you have the house for about 70 years, and then they kick you out, and you got to go find a new one. Wow. <laughs> you don't sell it back or anything. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I hope any, I think older listeners know this, but any younger listeners listen to what she just said. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> really think about it. It's real. It's yeah, absolutely it's very real. real. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. Well, here, I'm going to crawl into your head here, Jenna. I'm going to be your psychologist yeah. a little bit. Okay. If you were manifest yep. as a vehicle, uh, not what you want to be, but you're your personality, who you are wrapped into this vehicle, uh, and the fact that you wrap old wreck, I should say old, but wreck vehicles into watches this is kind of an interesting uh, alignment to what the question is. What would you be, and more importantly, why? Well, let me think about this. So I think the closest car that matches who I am would be Brian O'Connor's Toyota Supra from the Fast and Furious, the first movie. Okay. And let me explain to you why. When I got into this industry, especially the watch industry and the car niche, I tend to get underestimated because of what I look like and who I am. And I'm totally fine with that. I mean, I... I Is that because of your age primarily? My age and I think... Cars are more of a boys' club type uh, so thing. So be, being a woman, a little bit, yeah, okay. A little bit, but I, I don't, I don't mind all of that because I think life is about overcoming obstacles, and I, I don't really have any negative feelings towards um, people who see me differently. And so, even though I get underestimated a lot, I pull through in the end, and I made a lot of friends along the way, and now they all have my back. So I, I think that really, really resonates with the Toyota Supra from the first movie. I like it. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. You know, I have a feeling you're the kind of person that loves to also help other people. And I always know that successful people have found ways to give back and help others. Are there some ways that you do that? Yes. So first and foremost, we are upcycling salvage supercar parts. So it's an environmental thing for the automotive industry. I mean, they otherwise would not have a function for anybody. But also, uh, every piece of, or every watch we sell, rather, we will donate a portion of that to Habitat for Humanity. Because, oh, wow. awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's in the spirit of rebuilding from nothing. And also, we started this company in 27, or 2017 when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston, Texas. And I actually got this idea while I was stuck at home watching the news, talking about how the entire automotive industry was practically wiped out by Harvey. Yeah. And I was just thinking, if there's anything we can do with those cars, and that's when the idea hit me. And also, I was really inspired by, you know, uh, Mattress Mac and Houston Astros, and they just really pulled through. And yeah. Houston 
Harvey was no longer a story of tragedy for Houston. It was a story of overcoming tragedy. And that's what really inspired me to create uh, this line because it has that spirit of overcoming tragedy and, you know, being the best version of you that you can be. Jenna, you're a phoenix. Thank you. (laughs) Rising rising from the ashes. I love it. This is cool. Now, how about a book? Is there a great book that you've read that you'd like to share? Yeah. So uh, I recently finished the book Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Uh, Yeah, great book. A very, very good book. And I think anyone who wants to be a corporate executive or a entrepreneur, um, definitely check that book out. It'll teach you to stay humble and put your employees first. It is very important when you want to have a company that will last you a long time. Love Simon Sinek. My regular listeners know that. I uh, love so many things about him. His Why book and his talk on TED. Uh, TED talks about why. But yeah, Simon Sinek, awesome, awesome person. Uh, any listeners that have not heard of him, just Google his name. Go to YouTube, listen to any of his talks. And of course, this is one of his great books. It sits, sits on my library too. We'll take one more short break. We come back. We're going to go on the ultimate drive here, Jenna. So sit tight. We'll be right back. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars yeah! is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently, and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars Yeah. So, Jenna, we're going to go on the ultimate drive here. You get to pick the vehicle, you get to pick who you're driving with. What are you going to be talking about and where are you going to be driving? So what does your ultimate drive look like? Man, my ultimate drive would have to be... Is it going to be be that Aston Martin? (laughs) No, actually, ironically, no. It's going to be with Elon and his Tesla Roadster. Oh my gosh, okay. And we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence, space travel, but most importantly... Which coin he's going to tweet out next? Because <laughs> I want to put my investment dollars in that. <laughs> and obviously, yeah. the car will be driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, I love nothing. I've tried and tried to get him on this show. He's kind of a busy guy. Um, so I don't <laughs> yeah, know if I'll, ever, if I'll ever land that deal. Just getting to Elon is a tough one. But well, it's very interesting that you mentioned this because um, I joined Clubhouse a little while ago. And I happened to be in this group of people that were having Elon come into a chat, a talk, the way that app works, on a Saturday night. And they said he'll be here at 10. So I logged into that app on at 9.30. And he came in early. And now the, those talks are limited to a certain number of people. And then you can't get in. So mm-hmm. they said, as soon as he's here, we'll tell you. And then you have to try to get in. And if you can't, I think it's like 500 people or something. Maybe 5,000. I don't know. Anyway, I got in. Yeah. At 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, and I got to listen to them ask Elon Musk questions. And it's like being in a chat room with somebody, you know, or in a room. Fascinating guy. Not the most eloquent speaker, but he's, as he said on Saturday Night Live, he's got Asperger's. And that kind of makes sense with the way he talks and the way he thinks. I mean, his brain just must be firing it. It's just exploding with ideas. All way the more than mine is. <laughs> and then, yeah, Vlad came on. But during that talk, he was on for two and a half hours. During that talk, somebody asked him, 
what do you think about Bitcoin? And he kind of answered in his usual jumbled kind of way. But he said, yeah, I'd invest in that. And it skyrocketed Exploded, on Exploded, yeah. yeah. And he ended yeah. up putting, what, $1.2 billion? Was it that much? He put some massive amount into I can it. only imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so you wonder what's the next thing. What's fascinating to me is that when people like that say something, how they can affect things in such a big, grand way. But Elon Musk, uh, you know, you're a sharp cookie, Jenna. To answer that question that way, to glean some things from him, yeah, that guy is amazing to me. He, I think the reason he wants to go to Mars is because he's from Mars and he wants Maybe to go Maybe he is. Yeah. I'm yeah. a huge Elon fan, so it would make my day if I could meet, meet him someday in the future. Incredible yeah. what he's done and what he does. I, I just don't even know how he, how he does it, but at any rate. He's magic. Thank goodness we have people like that, entrepreneurs like that. And like you, Jenna, before I let you go, because you. you've taken us on a very nice trip here, would you offer maybe us a word of wisdom, a, men, uh, a mantra, a success quote of some kind? Yeah. So one of the quotes that really resonates with me is that uh, the strongest people aren't always the people who win, but the people who don't give up when they lose. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah it keeps me going, especially during the days when I'm not having the best day. Yep. It's a great quote. I love it very, very much. And how can people learn more about Olympus Watch Company? You can visit our website at www.olympuswatches.co. Um, we can also post the link around for all the listeners and viewers to see. And uh, that's the best way to reach me. Okay. And you were going to mention some videos perhaps? Yes, yes, absolutely. So I'm going to send those over. So you've got some videos for us to watch. I'll make sure I put those on Jenna's show notes page. Now, is it Olympus Watches, plural? It's OlympusWatches.co. Dot co. Okay. So the watch yeah. is not watch, but watches. So more yes. than one. There you go. <laughs> All right. I'll make sure I put a link on Jenna's page. You can just go there and type in Jenna Jong, which is spelled Z-H-A-N-G. That's right. Uh, yep. Yeah. So uh, you can find that there and uh, check out what she's up to. And uh, you said, again, when does your uh, Kickstarter begin? July 15th. Save the date on your calendar, guys. Save the date. I'll make sure I put something out there on social media, too, to remind you guys uh, that that's going to happen. And I want to thank uh, past Cars Yeah guest Michael Satterfield. He's the one that suggested Jenna be on the show. So, Michael, thank you very much. I get a lot of my great guests here from friends and listeners and past guests. So, Michael, much appreciated. You sent me an all-star today. Jenna, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for what you're doing. You're an amazing young woman. I wish you the best success. I think you're going to be just fine, maybe a little bit more than fine. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks for having me, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!